together to uh, on the path to meet, to recognize one another, and to uh, share maps, and to uh, realize that the maps are part of it, but behind the maps, here we are. Here we are. Hey, here welcome we are. back to The Road to Here. Uh, this week's guest, or this episode's guest, I don't know, hopefully it's going to be weekly, but is Mr. Adam Rohr, and Adam is a friend of mine that I met through another podcast that I do. And uh, he was gracious enough to give us his presence. So, Adam, introduce yourself. Hi. First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, I really like what you're doing here with these uh, past couple podcasts. I don't know. Is this just like a? Is this just an episode? Is this just going to be like a short term thing? Are you going to be doing different subjects? Uh, well, I don't know, curious. dude. Honestly, like I kind of I started out. The idea was for this to be a mini series, right? Yeah, and, that's uh, what I meant to say. Is this yeah. like a miniseries? Okay. And I don't know, man. I dig the format, and Dave and I were talking. He also digs the format. So this may continue into, you know, additional uh, topics, but uh, to be determined, basically, is the short answer. Cool. I love it. I just wanted Thanks, to say man. that. Uh, what was your question? Introduce myself? Yeah, introduce yourself, <laughs> Adam. I am a 41-year-old bald Leo. Uh, <laughs> Girl, same. I, been married for 19 years to my wife Christina. We have three children, 11, 13, and almost 15. Um, I'm a UPS delivery driver. I've been doing that my whole adult life, basically over 20 years. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Um, on the side, I record and produce podcasts for a another company so i have nothing to do with the content but i produce it record it and um i enjoy making music also and i play a lot of soccer even in my old age and i also coach soccer for my son's soccer team that's rad man yeah dude i love it so i have like a lot of irons in the fire and just constantly busy and if I ever want to do anything like this, it's always late at night. Mm, yeah, that's, uh, you know, this is normally on the other podcasts I've done, we always record late as hell, right? And yeah. uh, by the time we're done, we're all, we're all drunk. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this, I'm purposefully this, not drinking, just say no. This is because I've been on your other podcast drunk and it yeah, doesn't it, always It was go entertaining. Well. I enjoyed it. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it didn't fit the vibe of this one, but uh, it was a good time. You know, I, I uh, this is the first one I've done at night here, so it's cool. I've been podcasting during the day, so it's it's uh, cool. interesting. But man, let's uh, let's let's get down to. Oh, dude, you forgot the best part. Oh man, I did. Two thousand one CCAC Soccer Champions. Also. Damn right, I mean, man. That's a that's a feat. That is impressive. I don't like to brag right off the bat. You can brag here. It's okay. My horn. You can brag here, bro. All right, man. So you know the drill. Uh, you were given questions beforehand, not as early as I would have liked. Sorry about that. But, uh, you know, we're going to go through your spiritual upbringing, upbringing rather, and uh, just tell us how it got you to where you are now. So just give us a basic rundown of your religious slash spiritual upbringing. Sure. Um, so I was born in Florida. Um my parents both grew up in Christian homes. They both went to a Christian college. Um, and my, my, they moved around a little, my dad's actually from where I live now in okay. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. 
But when they met in college in Indiana, they started moving around following jobs for my dad, which were mm-hmm. either in the church or in Christian schools or something like that. Okay. Um, so he's been a youth pastor. He's been a principal. He was my principal. He was also really? my music teacher in kindergarten. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was born in Florida. Two years later, we moved to Virginia. Um, kind of the same 10, thing. Yeah. When I was about 10, <laughs> we moved to where I live in Pennsylvania. Um, I remember nothing about Florida. I remember very well Virginia. That was a lot of like my formative years. We went right. to a Southern Baptist type of church. Mm-hmm. And I consider Virginia like the line where you can still call it like Southern. Right. Um, well, they, they, uh, you know, below the Mason Dixon line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Robert so, yeah, E. Lee was, was like, from Virginia, buddy. It's all right. Boom. We claiming. Uh, um, kind of typical. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what typical Southern Baptist churches are like, but, you know, you, even as a little kid, you're wearing like, you know, nice slacks <laughs> and a dress shirt and tie um, and very legalistic, um, lots of rules to follow inside of the church and outside of the church. Um, and it was funny because when we moved to Pennsylvania, I was still the kid wearing dress dress pants and a button up shirt and a tie. And that's, I started getting made fun of because nobody else was doing that in, in Pennsylvania. <laughs> like just in general, you wore button up shirts and a tie? No, no, just my parents okay. made me to church. Okay. I got you. No, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you had to dress up to church. So, uh, and it was a typical, like, you know, you go to church for four freaking hours on a Sunday morning and Sunday night and then Wednesday night. And I went to a Christian school. So my upbringing was all Christian, all Bible all the time. Um, Yeah. And I, and yeah, I went to Christian school through grade 12. Were you, I mean, were you all in? Was this, I mean, did you, did you find yourself fitting in to the culture or were you questioning Uh, things? um, I mean, I was definitely all in like, because I had to be. Uh, (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Was I questioning things? That's, that's a question there. Um, I mean, I, so I've been thinking about this because I've been listening to your episodes and man, it like really made, made me think back and think hard. So I really love, first of all, really love what you're doing. I think Thanks, it's man. really interesting and also kind of fun to like, think about, you know, why I believe what I believe, where did that come from and how my upbringing shaped that all those kind of things. Right. Um, what was the question? Did I, did I, was I all in? Um, Yeah. No would be like the easy answer. I've like always had like a rebellious nature, which I think like, I, I think it's a good thing. You know, it gets you in trouble sometimes, but it also like naturally I question authority. Now, now that like reveals itself in me, like being mad at my HOA as a 41 year old man, man, that. Dude, dude, the first day we moved in, I got a letter from the HOA. First day, we don't like the color of your front door. It doesn't fit in with the other front doors. So I took that letter and I tore it up and I tossed it in the trash, just like I've done with all the rest of them. (laughs) Dude, we all right. So that was that was one of the big the big things with my wife and I when we bought this house, right? We were like, yeah, I did not because I grew up like, I mean. 
I don't know, man, borderline white trash. All right. So it was, you know, we were, we were in the, the school that I went to, all my friends had like pit bulls on logging chains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know what I mean? And uh, so I did not want an HOA. I was like, I, I'm not, you know, that's not me. Like, I don't want to be told what I can do with the money, you know, the property that I spent a shit ton of money for, but mm-hmm. this place has a pool. So I was like, man. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I don't have a pool. It's <laughs> rad, dude. And, and honestly, like, we don't, they don't do anything. <laughs> so it's nice. And now I find myself, I'm like, well, man, I wish that guy cleaned up his yard. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what You're happened? one of them now. Yeah, yeah. What happened, dude? It's funny. I've been, I've been, I mean, I'm going to get into a lot of side diatribes here. So stop me anytime, but I've been like researching how we can overthrow the HOA and legally (laughs) you only have to have 80% signatures to overthrow. So really I've been talking to my next door neighbor. I'm like, how can we just start Viva la resistance? Yeah. (laughs) Start a revolution right here in my own neighborhood. Yeah. Upper middle-class, mostly white neighborhood. Yeah. uh yeah i don't know i don't know where you want to go from there that um man so you in high school how what was it like in a christian high school because i you know i i, I went to public school we my whole yeah. life i never you know we didn't i, I said it ad nauseum i didn't have a, a religious upbringing so what was your your high school experience like yeah um so my you know Usually Christian schools are small private schools there. Right. So my graduating class was like 25 people. Oh, wow. And and a lot of those kids, like I, we, I grew up with, we went all the way through, you know, right. well, I started there when I was like third or fourth grade. So some of these kids I've been in the same classroom as for, you know, 10 years almost. Right. So much different experience than my kids are having in a very large public school where we live. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I grew up. I mean, my, my high school had like 2,800 students. Like my graduating yeah, class right. was like 900. We had to rent yeah. out the local gymnasium at the university. Right. So uh, I think that most schools like the school that I went to do not like prepare you for the real world. Hmm. Um, thankfully I had like a lot of friends outside of the school and church in my neighborhood. And then when I got a job working at like a grocery store and stuff, I found some guys who I started a band with. So I had like people outside of the Christian world. Um, so I wasn't like, I mean, like (laughs) I always say that like Christian school kids are only like one step removed from homeschool kids. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, what, so what part of the real world now, the 41 year old Adam, what part of the real world, do you not feel like you're prepared for with, with the Christian school? Uh, well, I mean, that's doesn't affect me anymore, but I've lived in the real world for, you know, 25 years or whatever now, but, uh, just like they're sheltered, man. Like most of the parents of like my friends and my school, they all had the same rules about like listening to secular music and certain things that you weren't allowed to watch. And, you know, I did that stuff anyway. I just had to hide it. So like it, it made like this, it naturally like made me feel like I was always doing something wrong when looking back, like that, like that stuff isn't, inherently wrong you know <laughs> was that exciting because i mean I, I know you know I, I my media wasn't 
uh, I mean, not at all. My media was not right. censored at all from my parents. Like I listened to Marilyn Manson and right. my head, I had the shirt, the t-shirt that had the little three guys that sit in it on the back. I said, you might as well kill yourself. You're already dead. Right Marilyn there. Manson was like one of like the, the big yeah. ones where we had to like stay away from. But my mom was so cool. Like she, she, I, I let her hear sweet dreams and she, she started singing it and I was like, holy shit, you know, Marilyn Manson. I didn't, I had no idea that it was right. a cover right. song. You know what I mean? song. Yeah. But do you feel like that changed you at all as far as being uh, the, the, the sneaky part? Like, the, did that did that make you feel bad? Were you guilty for that? Or was it something that was kind of cool? Because I always, my rebelliousness in high school was, you know, weed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I always felt yeah, like. Yeah, I, I mean, like, also, sneaking. like, some of that was my rebelliousness also. Like, right. smoking cigarettes with my friends in the woods and, you know, <laughs> blowing people's mailboxes up and you know just right. stupid shit that kids do um yeah it was exciting like i didn't feel guilty about that stuff nice. at all. there were there were other things that i felt guilty about like that are as common like like what like sexual repression first mm -hmm. of all which is a huge thing in the church um you know i still made out with my girlfriend and, yeah. and all that shit but like it messes you up, man. When you're like growing up and your, your hormones are crazy and you think that like this thing that's natural that you're feeling like, you know, you don't know how to think anyway, when you're a teenager, like, I, know, <laughs> yeah. I have, I have teenagers right. now, they're crazy. And I see it from all their friends and everything. But like, just to think that like, even like these thoughts that you're having is like, you're sinning, you're doing something mm -hmm. wrong. Like that was like imprinted in my brain. And so like, I didn't know how not to do these things and I was doing these things. So like, I, yeah. So when you're, you're asking about like the media I consumed and stuff, when I didn't feel guilty about that, I was feeling guilty about other things for yeah. sure. I've noticed from doing this and just the people that I've talked to over the years, like that is a very common thread. My, you know, my mother grew up Catholic and she, she talked a lot about guilt because it's very guilt centric. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why do you think that is like, why, why, because everyone, everyone feels guilty, you know, and everyone that I have watched or talked to always mentions, you know, being racked with guilt with doing normal things. I mean, you're 16 years old, you're supposed to be one to make out with your significant other or whatever. That's, yeah. I don't understand. I don't, I mean, like, like part of it, as I'm thinking about it, like when we're kids, like I, I learned this having kids, like kids don't know anything. Nope. Like you teach them things and like they're fully impressionable. So like I, when my kids were young, I could tell them anything and they were going to believe it. So like when you're learning these things constantly, especially like, you know, I was in church and Christian school hearing the, all these things. And so like, that was just like what my worldview was. Like, I didn't know that like, it was silly, some of it. Right. And that like, it was okay to kiss my girlfriend. That is not a sexual immorality or whatever. Right. You know, things like that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think a lot of it is just like manipulation as far as like the guilt goes. Mm -hmm. Like you, kids don't know any better to not feel guilty because they actually think that like these things are wrong. And it's, and it's pretty like black and white when you're, when you're a child. Right. So, I mean, what, what is the, is, is it a scriptural thing? Are they saying as far as the immorality, like how do they frame it? Yeah, there's, yeah. there's 
stuff in the scriptures that talk about sexual immorality and you know they they abuse those scriptures constantly and always you know stuff is always taken out of context but yeah they frame it as if it's a sin um right now we're going we're going i'm going off the reservation here off uh off topic just keep keep going i mean how do you if i don't have an answer i'll simply say i don't know right how do you feel how do you feel about the bible now because that's something that i have heavily researched recently and i'm curious good question that was not in your it was not list of questions it was not um surprise how do i feel about the bible now um I don't feel negatively towards the Bible like I do the church and Christians, other Christians. (laughs) Um, uh, I think that it's a good guidebook. Uh, It cannot be taken literally. Absolutely not. The whole Bible cannot be taken literally. Um, I think we know that that feels like common sense. A lot of people though, don't like, know that. A lot of people don't know yeah. that. It feels like common sense. Um, it's, it's honestly like not something that, uh, so like I consider myself a Christian still mm-hmm. to this day. Um, but it's not something that I like willingly pick up regularly to just read. Um, so how much were you taught about the history of the Bible in school? A lot. About I mean, that was, that. that was a lot of it. Uh, I mean, I had a Bible class that was like, you know, I, we had a history class and we had a science class and we had all that, but I had a, a class that was Bible and a lot of that was like history. Um, I had and, a lot of fun with that, man. Like I, I went to a Christian university and I, um, I heard that on the other podcast, man, that blew me away that you yeah, went to Liberty. Yeah, I went to Liberty, man. Like, blows uh, me away. And, uh, I, I loved, I loved apologetics, man. I really did. And, and it talked a lot about that. I mean, did they get deep into that as far as, you know, when the Bible was canonized and, you know, looking at it now, I'm like, man, like that, uh, you know, no, they did not get into that. I mean, just to answer your question quickly, um, it, you know, like, like every other class in every other school, that depends on your teacher and like, if your teacher is lazy and doesn't teach you this, like, you know, then is there, but I will say that I went to a Bible college for one semester right after high school. Uh-huh. And in that you have old Testament history, you have a hermeneutics class you have. So that is like hardcore uh-huh. deep into the Bible. But at that point I was Bibled out. So like, <laughs> I understand your fascination with it. And had I not, spent like the previous 18 years like right. surrounded by it i i may as well like have been also fascinated by it i'm fascinated by other things similarly like you're saying but right. unfortunately not the bible so at, at this point you know you grew up you have an evangelical background do yes. you feel the need now to evangelize your faith uh in a and uh, the short answer is no, I don't. Um, but like that was such a huge part of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even like as little kids, they're talking about how you need to like tell your friends about Jesus mm-hmm. so that they don't go to hell. So like I was like a shy kid. So that was like so terrifying to me. But but 
I did that. I remember times like my neighbor across the street who was my friend, he was Catholic. Mm-hmm. And like, we were alone in my basement. We were like looking at baseball cards or something. And I started talking to him. I was like, oh, maybe this is my chance to tell him about Jesus. And I did. And I remember exactly what he said. He said, okay. He's like, can I, can I do this and still be Catholic? Cause like his family was like pretty right. Catholic. And I was like, shit, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm like 10 years old. I don't know. Yes. But I, yeah. I said, that's exactly what, that was exactly my answer. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like with no, you know, sincerity at all. I was just like, yes, you can. Uh, so, you know, he did that and he said that prayer and I was like so excited and I told my parents and they were excited for me, but like that, that feels like such manipulation looking back at it to like, Mm. I I mean, that's fair, man. Like you're wait, wait, why? I'm curious why you say that. I don't, I mean, as far as you manipulating him, I don't think so. No, no, no. I meant, I, I don't mean that. I meant my, I meant like the my parents and the church manipulating children. Oh, for sure. Like it's to it's, do uh, those things. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, no, no. I was not manipulating him because that that was not my intent at all. I right. wouldn't even know what that is at that age. I truly believe that I was saving this kid from hell. H- having gone to an evangelical Southern Baptist church, it is one hundred percent indoctrination yeah. to, of the children. And I was actually involved. When we went to that church, I was involved in the children's ministry, and it is 100% indoctrination. Those kids don't know shit about shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're, and I see it now with my son because we have family that are still pretty hardcore evangelicals, and he comes home and he's eight, and uh, he comes home talking about that stuff when he goes to their house. I'm like, yeah, buddy. Lots of people believe lots of different things, and I and I mean, yeah. I honestly don't know how to relay that to him. You know what I mean? Because I, yeah. I don't know that I have a faith. I mean, if anything, I'm Buddhist, but I don't particularly practice a specific, um, uh, discipline or, you know, tradition or anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh, so do you, um, where are you now spiritually speaking? Can I go back to your last question? Sure. Um, I'm just thinking more on it. Like if I feel the need to evangelize, uh-huh. Just because like that was such a huge part of my life, like from the age of like four to like 18, (laughs) I would go on like missions trips where that was like the sole purpose. I I did a trip to New York City one time and it was with a group from my school and it was because it was musical, like we we did like songs and played guitar and sang and there was a missionary that lived in New York City and we stayed with him and he would like take us around we'd set up a stage on like the street and like sing these songs the purpose to like draw kids in to like evangelize to them and like we would do that and like these young kids would like come up and we'd like talk to them and like coax them into like saying these things and that was like that was the goal and then like how old were you i was probably like 14 or something somewhere around there i mean i was a teenager by that point but i remember then we like set up on wall street and we just got Place needs jesus heckled like like oh fuck you there is no god <laughs> so like you're like holy man i look New back Yorkers, at that man. and i'm like i'm like you're like sending the lamb to the slaughter when you're right. like 
telling kids and I was 14, but I was still a kid, you know, I didn't yeah, fully develop brain by that point. And like the idea of evangelizing is just like, I, I constantly think about this because like, well, first of all, my sister is a missionary in mm. uh, Colombia, Medellin, Colombia, like, like Pablo Escobar country. Right. Um, and she would say that God called her and her family to pick up and move there because nobody else will tell those kids about God. Right. And like, I like, it's really an interesting dynamic with my family because like, I, I would say, no, he didn't. God did not tell you to pick up your stuff (laughs) and move your family to Columbia. The fact is, is that like, like life wasn't going well for her here. Right. Um, like, you know, her husband had a job, wasn't a good job. He didn't like it. They lived in a bad part of town. And like, that's always the case when I see like people being called into the ministry or, or into right. like, into the mission field. Um, there's this, I was just thinking about this. There's this uh, documentary on Hulu called The Mission. Do you know this story? It's brand new on Hulu. No, no, no. You probably know, you might know the story. It's only happened like a few years ago. There was this kid well he's on a kid he's probably like he was in college his name is john chow Mm -hmm. he told people that god called him to make contact with this tribe of people they they were off the coast of india i know okay yeah they were called like the sentinelese or something like that um and it first of all it was illegal because this tribe of people have never been touched by Mm -hmm. by the modern world nobody has ever stepped foot on that island it's like one of the only tribes in the world that we know it still exists right. like that where nobody has touched foot there right like it was it's illegal because like if i went there and they caught my cold they would all die right basically because they've yeah. never experienced that so he, this guy told 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 everybody that god was calling him to do this he figured out a way even though it's highly illegal and really hard to get there he like hired a guy to drive him on a boat to uh-huh. get there. And like, once he was in reach, he got shot by an arrow. They shot him and killed him instantly. Uh-huh. So I remember when that story happened, I had this conversation with my sister. Like, do you think that God, like, just like curious, what do you think? He, this guy said that God called him to do that. Do you think that God called him only to be shot dead instantly? That doesn't make sense to me. And and her response is like, well, if God calls you go and i was like okay i just like there's a disconnect there that like i no longer can like like wrap my head around i i I don't know like no i get it man like i had when i was trying i was trying really hard to be in the church and i knew that i just didn't get it like i did not believe it the whole, you know, I just, I knew that in my heart. Like I tried, I figured, well, if I go and learn apologetics, like I'm going to understand more about the Bible. And I did. And I still was like, you know, and I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, so I turned to Calvinism. I thought, well, this is, this makes sense. Like, I'm just, you know, I just don't get it, but there, there's so much you can't reconcile. Can I ask you why? What, like, what about Calvinism was appealing? Just, it made sense to me because, right, if, 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 if God is omnipresent, then, then he knows what happens. Like there is some people are, you know, he, he, every path is laid out, right? Like you're not, there is no free will. I don't, I never understood because they talked a lot about free will. And like, that's like the, like total apt opposite of like 
the way that I feel. Just, just sorry to butt in there. No, 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 no. But it, 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 it made sense to me because I felt like true omnipresence is omnipresence and is, sure. is, you know, God knows what is going to happen before you know it. Right. Like he, it, it, it's laid out for you. And that's how I reconciled my feelings because I knew that I didn't believe it. And I was like, well, maybe I'm just not supposed to believe it. Like, and God, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that was I a like, lot. I like hearing that because sorry to keep interrupting. No, 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 um, no. I like hearing that just because like I, you grew up very differently than me. Mm-hmm. So like that makes sense that that would make sense to you. Mm-hmm. It, it was you hard. Know, man. If you're searching for something. Yes. And I, I knew that I didn't get, I wasn't buying what they were selling. Like I knew that. And that was the only way that I could reconcile it and still be um, involved. And then I really, and that's kind of what sent me down the path. Well, this, this shit ain't right. You know what I mean? Like this is yeah. not. Yeah. And you know, there was a break in there because of mental illness and everything else before I started really exploring spirituality again. And it was hard for me because I truly, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever really said this out loud, but I truly at one point felt like I just, wasn't one of the ones, you know what I mean? Like I was like, yeah. shit, like I, you know, well, here we go. Like, yeah. And, and that, and for someone who's already predisposed to an epic level of self-loathing, that is, <laughs> that is, yeah, that's a lot, man, because it, it, and it seems silly now, but that's then, the ultimate diss. You yeah. were like one of the ones who was not chosen. Like, Damn, I can't even do this right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm alone there, but that that's kind of where I. That's no, I'm sure you're not. That. To be yeah. honest, it's actually really interesting hearing you say that. Just because, like, like Calvin, I've always had the view of Calvinism coming from my background as a Christian, and like it totally bucks free will. And even to this day, how I feel about Christianity and God, like free will is everything. But is free will scriptural? I don't know, but I already told you how I feel about the Bible. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm seeing, you know, if you're basing, you know, if you're basing your approach to the faith from that book, it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, in I my understand. Opinion. And that, that was hard for me to reconcile when I was really learning about it. I was like, well, this, this doesn't say anything about it. <laughs> what they're saying is not in here. Yeah. And that was, that was hard for me. I get it. Yeah. It's just interesting to hear it. I've like never heard it from that vantage point before. <laughs> so how, how do you approach spirituality with your kids? Are you and your spouse on the same page? What, what do you tell them when they ask questions? Yeah, it's like such a good question. Um, just like some of the religious trauma growing up, like, I, I don't know. I've always had the viewpoint. Well, first of all, like I remember my, my parents at the age that I'm at, I'm 41. Mm-hmm. I remember my parents really well when they were that age. So like you think that right. your parents know what they're doing and they have it all together and they're teaching exactly the right thing. And then you learn like, ain't nobody no shit, right? right? We're all like winging it when it comes mm-hmm. to children and raising children. We're That's all winging it, period, dude. One yes, of the best, just in general. One of the best quotes I've ever heard and has really stuck with me is, forgive your parents, they were learning too. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. Um, I knew that like I, 
I I knew what not to do, like based on like my upbringing and the things that I know didn't work that my parents did. Um, but at the, in the same way, like I, I feel like, and this isn't just like spiritually speaking, but like, I feel like, like we're all fixing the things of the generation before us, but we're just fucking our kids up in other ways, probably. <laughs> and we won't know until they're older and they tell us how we done wrong. Right. And then it's just generational and they'll fix those problems and do different things wrong. That being said, how do I approach that stuff with my kids? Right. Uh, I knew for a fact that like cramming what I believe down their throat is absolutely the wrong way to do this. Um, Agreed. (laughs) So we, they've, they also kind of grew up in the church because there was a long period where we didn't go to church, but that was like before at least two of the three of them were born. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been going to the same church since then. Um, like, you know, I'm lucky if we get there once a month anymore. Right. But uh, I would say that like we, I'm saying we, I'm going to speak for myself. I mm-hmm. still like fully believe in the mission of this church. Mm-hmm. My church is fully affirming. Uh which like that's a deal breaker for me if a church is like being gay is a sin like that's number one deal breaker i'm just not going to attend that's right. that's crazy shit um so that being said like the church that that i would say that i go to aligns with my beliefs right. so i don't feel like i feel like the things that they are hearing are correct like mm. for the most part i guess um, there's also like, my wife also is just awesome with this. Like she was a catalyst to a lot of like how we deal with our kids and a lot of things, not just right. spirituality, but like, how do we talk to them about sex? How do we talk to them about all these crazy things that they're going to learn in school and they're going to have to figure out on their own. And like a lot of it is like open door policy, open conversation, the complete opposite of how I grew up. I hid everything from my parents. Right. Everything, even stuff I probably didn't have to hide. I just like, that was like what I learned that I should do, or at least I felt like I should do. Why? Let's let's put it that way. It's like, it's because of the Christian background. I felt like I would disappoint them because I know that like, they would feel like some of the stuff was wrong. I don't know. Like, I just didn't have a great relationship with my parents in that way. And so like, we've kind of fostered this relationship with our children. We're like, like, we want you to tell us everything. And we talk to them about everything. And like, my wife has this amazing relationship with my daughter. We're like, she literally tells her everything. Right. Like things with about boyfriends, like her first kiss and stuff. She's told right. like stuff like I've never told my parents, my parents like didn't know anything. And like, I think that that's a healthy way to go about it because I can tell you from my experience, I did whatever I wanted to do, regardless of what they knew. (laughs) Girls, same. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, we can, is it not like better for us to be able to walk them through these things healthily? Um, And yeah, I don't know. This is a relationship that we foster, I think is like, to me, it feels like the right way to go about it. And it kind of like ties in, like if we're talking about spirituality, how do I 
deal with that with my kids? I don't know. Like, I, I think we're kind of leading by example in that way. Like uh-huh. my kids, like they pray to God, which like, I've never told them like, Hey, you need to pray to God. And like, I don't think that they're like hardcore interested in like learning about the Bible and about God. And I think that's okay. I think that they're, they're good kids and they're doing a good job at life. And I think that like partially we got lucky, like our kids are good. Like there's this nature versus nurture thing. We're trying to do like as well as we can with the nurture part, but like, Sometimes people are who they are, and maybe we just got lucky. I don't know. <laughs> no, like, it's just like, in, like you're asking these questions, and, and you're asking wonderful, thought-provoking questions, but like, realistically, like I, can, like I can share with you my experiences, but like, I don't think there's right answers to all this stuff either. No, like, how, do you approach, how do you approach spirituality with your children? I don't know. I know the way that it was approached with me when I was a kid was horrible because right. it like, fucked me up and like it made me feel a certain way about Christianity and the Bible that I didn't necessarily need to feel. I don't know. I think if you felt it, then you needed to feel it. I really believe that. And, and, you know, I personally, as a father, I have also have three children and the older two, you know, my older two are 18 and 17. And then I have an eight year old son and I do, I've never talked I've never talked with them about it. And and still, even to this day, like I, they know that I have read a lot of Buddhism. They know that I enjoy Buddhist philosophy. Uh, One of them actually subscribes to uh, my TikTok. So she sees a lot of the, (laughs) uh, the, um, you know, philosophical ramblings that I do. And that's cool. But honestly, like I've never sat down with them and talked to them about, about God or about anything. And, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I don't know. I feel like I'm letting them down sometimes. I don't know. No, I think it's like, like I'm thinking about this from what you're telling me. Like they know what you believe likely, maybe not like, you know, specifics, but like, I think that like when we're teenagers, there's things that like we want to say, but like we don't. Right. Because relationships with your parents are awkward no matter what. That's true. Regardless of how That's I so say true, dude. I have a great awkward. relation. Yeah, dude. Like I, <laughs> I can say I have a great relationship with my kids, but like there's things that are awkward to talk about. And like, I don't know, man, like you're a good dude. And I'm sure that like, I can also say like for me, like there's things I, I keep talking shit about my parents. I also love my parents a lot and I have a very right. good relationship with them now despite our differences and beliefs and whatever and i can look back on like some of the things they did right and like really appreciate those things and and i and like these are things that i would have never said to them as a teenager but so how do you feel how do you feel now that your faith has helped you be a better person it doesn't not in any specific area just overall do you feel like your faith and your, your Christianity makes you a better human. Um, 
It was funny. First of all, like you, you sent me these questions ahead of time and I really did like go over them and like had thoughts and stuff written down. But like, as you're asking me these questions, like, it's not that I'm forgetting the things. It's like, I really want to like ponder them. I don't know. No, ponder. Um, That's what, uh, Hey man, this is, uh, this is free form, buddy. You can, you can ponder all you want. So the question was, how do I think my faith Ask the question again, please. How has your faith helped you be a better human being? How has how has what the lessons you've learned in Christianity and the experiences you've had, how, if at all, have they helped you be a better person? Um hmm. so like I could say that like the Bible is like a good like moral compass you know to use as like a guidebook if you not not everything in the bible but like if you could say like i want to be like jesus and these like that's a pretty right. good like guideline because well, like how jesus was in the bible is pretty cool like there's a lot of weird shit in the bible that's hard to like you know there's decipher of, but there's a lot of stuff that that we don't get i think a lot of it because we don't understand the cultural norms of the time. Exactly. And that's like what I say. We have no idea what their lives were like and what was normal. You're, you're totally right. Do you listen to, uh, there's a guy named Dan McClellan. Are you familiar? Does that name ring a bell? No, I know who that is. I don't, I don't listen. To you, that. you should. He is, okay. it, he's a Mormon cat. Like he, um, he works for the church, but he is a biblical scholar and he really breaks down everything. And there's so much that I didn't know. And I just learned from him that the, the authors of the specific books or whatever at the time were speaking out against things that they saw happening in the culture. You see what I'm saying? There, there were, there were events that were taking place that they were like, this is not in, you know, this doesn't jive with the teaching. Like this is, you know, and, and now taken out of context, it's like, what the hell were they talking about? You know, but, but he really, he does a really great job. And if he's on YouTube, TikTok, all that stuff, man. And it's, it's, he really opened a lot up for me in, in yeah. that. So I recommend it highly. Cool. Cool. Um, going back to the question, um, I would say like, I, I don't I don't know if like it's like made me be a better person. I think honestly like the the bad parts of it <laughs> like like looking at it in the opposite way have like made me not do those things which right. in turn has made me a better person has made me live my life better. Um I'm I keep thinking about you you had sent me another question and I'm just going to bring it up here but yeah you had said if dogma was erased, where would morality come from? And uh -huh. I keep going back to that question because like, I think it, I think it makes sense here. I think that like, I truly believe that we are inherently good, that man is inherently good. And like, there's so many different caveats to that. Like, you know, the environment and all these things, do you know who Carl Rogers is? He was a psychologist, mm -hmm. like Not in bad. the, in the early 1900s, uh, but if you would like read some of his work, he calls it actualized tendency. Mm -hmm. And it's like this innate drive to grow and to change and to like 
strive towards fulfillment or like actualization or even happiness. Uh-huh. But like, I've, I've heard it described like trying to like gather my thoughts. I've heard it described like a seed, like if a seed could think for itself, like mm-hmm. its actualization would be to big, a big, be a big, like beautiful flower. Right. Right. But the environment is a key part of that outcome. So like it needs good soil and it needs plenty of water and sunlight and everything. So like there's so many different factors so that like that make us become actualized, fully grown humans. But I think that like all this would lead me to believe that we are like inherently good. So like, like, so like, where does morality, where would my morality come from? Like how would, does my faith make me a good person? I don't know. I think that like we're inherently good. I mean, we can talk about like all the people who are evil, but like you could also talk about the environment that they lived in or the fact that they have a chemical imbalance in their head or, you know, a a number of different things. Here's the thing that's always stood out to me with that, right? And there undoubtedly are people who have done evil, terrible things that, uh, you know, I'm not trying to dispute that. If you take the concept that we are created in the image of God, which is not exclusive to Christianity. There are that that appears in a lot of faiths, uh, that or vice versa. When you get into Hinduism and everything else, like it's, it, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But I feel like if you really zoom out and look at, okay, you look at Old Testament God, all right. You look at wrathful God, flooded the earth, killed men, women, children, everybody. They don't talk about that in the Noah's Ark story in Sunday school. You know what I mean? Like he, they he wiped it out, right? Mm-hmm. And which one could argue that's a relatively evil act, in my opinion, from someone who doesn't have you know a Christian upbringing. And then you look at Christ, who was by definition the same person. So you have you have both ends of the spectrum, right? And you're getting into hermetics and and polarity and whatever, but if we are created in the image of God and God did both of those things, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, but he also erased the entire population. I mean, we are also both of those things. We are capable of both of those things. And it's, I think it's a matter of choice or like you said, circumstance or whatever that leads us in the direction that we go. Now, I don't know what bearing that has on what you were saying, but that is, how I try to look at it. And no, I like, I like that. It makes sense. I don't know. Like we can, I don't know. It's such an interesting question. Like morality in general, where does mm-hmm. it come from? Why are some people better than others? And look at I don't kids. Know. I, I just mean, like, kids will, will, will fight each other and take each other's toys, but they will also, when one of them's hurt, they also hug, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll go yeah. and, and hug another little kid. And I think that's, yeah, it, it, like you said, it's just everywhere. It comes from your environment. I think it comes from your nature. I think you're right, basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. Uh, all right. So we're going to move on into my favorite part of these podcasts, and we're going to move into the weird shit, okay? We're going to get weird. Let's get weird, Adam. I'll try. So I have been, I have been on a journey as of late. All right. I have been reading a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of 
different things. And some of it is completely wackadoodle and some of it is all right. But okay. How do you feel about the concept of non-dualism? Do you feel like something like that is plausible? Um, so I'm just going to be honest. I think that I know what it is. Okay. Uh, give me a brief definition. Okay. Non-dualism is present in a lot of Eastern religion, a lot of, uh, uh, Taoism, Hinduism, uh, a lot of Buddhism. Buddhism is different in that there's really not, uh, as before I, you go on, before you go on, let me just tell you what I kind of think it is. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Just see if I'm like close. So I, I think that it's like, there is no separation between like man and God. Bingo. You okay. are, there is, it is, it is not dualism being you have, you know, your, your sky wizard sitting above you in judgment and dictating what happens here. Right. Non-dualism being that it's all kind of the same thing and we are all pieces of the same work. Yeah. Yeah. The same entity or whatever. Is it plausible? What do I feel about it? Um, like I know it's yeah, definitely different. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I, I like, I can't, I can't actually wrap my head around it because like, I've never like truly thought about it. I'll okay. be honest. Right. I, like the idea of us being like the same thing. There's no separation. It's foreign. It's definitely foreign to, to us in the West, especially uh, you know, coming from a Christian or any of the Abrahamic faith. It is, it is complete. Uh, yeah. It's, it's something totally different. What are your thoughts on it? Maybe you've already shared those. I don't know. Uh, I no, I don't think that. I have, man. I, uh, I have pretty much personally abandoned any sort of dualistic ideals. Like I, I feel I am on the, uh, the non-dualism train, as they say, <laughs> it just makes the most sense to me, man. I feel like I, I am personally a believer in reincarnation. I think that mm -hmm. we, we do this over and over and over. And I feel like some people are at different stages and I've, I've to me, that has been the best explanation to the vast difference in behavior of human beings. And, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I always gravitated towards, towards these kind of thoughts and I never really had a vocabulary to express it until I really broke down. Um, like I've been, I've been on a Hindu kick lately and Hinduism is everything mm -hmm. and it's, it's just, you know, basically you are the exclusivity that you find in a lot of Christianity is not there. You know what I mean? Like there, it, it is everything. It is, it can be whatever you want it to be. And as long as you are thinking spiritually and trying to become one with God or commune with God or whatever, as long as you're on a spiritual path, it's right. You know, and it is, it is. Uh, and I, I feel like, if you zoom out, man, all these religions are kind of saying the same thing. And I have said that before on this podcast, like the, the, the dogma is different. The, the specifics are different, of course, but the overall arcing message is the same, you know, love your neighbor and don't be an asshole. 
I mean, yeah, it, to make it super simple, be kind, be uh, good, do do for those that are in a position that can't do for themselves. I mean, yeah. I feel like that is a that is a common thing, and I don't think personally, I do not feel like that's a coincidence. It's uh, and you've got you've got people from all over the world in different time periods that all are pushing towards the same goal, essentially. It just looks different. And I feel like we are Christian because this is a Christian area and you are, now had you and I been born in Iran or, you know, Japan or anywhere else. You know what I mean? If you'd, it's geographical, man. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. So, I mean, you know, I, I definitely consider myself a non-dualist to answer your question in okay. a complete long and, you know, drawn out way. It's interesting. So like growing up in like a Christian church and a Christian, like ideas of like philosophy, philosophical questions, they're never talked about. They're never asked. So like these places where your brain like wants to go when you're a little kid, like the idea of like the expanse of the universe and how big it is, or like if you believe in a heaven, the idea of living forever, like you think as a kid, like, wow, that's scary. Like what does forever actually mean? Right. And like, just like ideas like that, they're like pushed down. Like they're not, of course you're not encouraged right. to think about these things. Like, and, and like, in my, I have know, a theory house and church growing up. Yeah, go ahead. I have a theory. I feel like that a lot of that is a holdover from the point where the church ruled the world because so if you if you trace it back you have christianity today you have the bible as it is now because the catholic church said so mm -hmm. you have you know and at that point when you start adding power in with you know you when you're using religion to control a population uh, of uh, wildly uneducated and you know uh, desperate population you're going to bend things to how you want them so they m benefit the mission in my opinion mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of that the the lack of these kind of thoughts is is because of that because there were things like have you ever read the apocrypha no so there there's do you know are you familiar with the term like what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I know what you mean. So I mean that that was stuff that was just carved out. The prior to that had been canon. Yeah. Prior to yeah. that was part of the Bible. And the cat the cat was like, eh. and if you read the book of Enoch, bro, that's just wild. You think Revelations <laughs> is wild. Read that. <laughs> yeah, you you go ahead. No, no. I mean that's that's I feel like that's a big reason for what you were saying. It's not you're not allowed to think like that because then you're like, you're going to step out of line. And I don't know, not saying that the mission of the current church is nefarious and that they're, they're all about, you know, blah, 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 blah. you know, I'm not, I'm not dogging the church, man. I'm saying that I think a lot of that is a holdover from when the church controlled everything. Yeah. Like, just like thinking about one thing I've been doing, like in my adult life, especially like the last 10 years or so, just like, pondering these philosophical questions and what i like about buddhism is that they talk about these things a lot mm -hmm. 
Like, I mean, obviously there's a fundamental difference there and that, you know, Christianity, Christianity is like monotheistic where Buddhism is not, but Buddhism doesn't talk about a deity at all. Like right. if you look at when they ask the Buddha, yeah, I, what, what I meant to say is like, they're non-theistic. They don't talk about it's it. It's about you. And it's about, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't, because we can't, I mean, truly we can't know the answer to those questions, to these questions that we have about God and how God behaves and why God does what he does. We don't know because, and it's all speculation. It's all because if you, if you believe it, you don't know it. You know what I mean? And if you know, mm -hmm. like you know something, you don't have to believe it because it's, right. there's evidence. And regardless, I think of any upbringing or where you come from or what you say, there is no evidence of anything metaphysical on earth. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I personally, I feel like that's intentional, but that's a whole, you know, we're getting into Maya and the whole, you know, that whole thing. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I've, I've just been thinking about like the, you know, philosophy a lot. Mm -hmm. and mainly that comes from like some Buddhist like things that I read. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I like really latched on to was like this, universal truth that they believe that everything is impermanent and always changing. And that's like something that I've always said that about myself that like, if I look at myself five years down the road and I'm exactly where I was and I believe exactly the same thing that I probably failed. Yeah. You're not learning. You're not growing. Like I want there to constantly be like, like a death of my old self and like a rebirth. There is. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you break it down to, and they break it down in Buddhism, like even the cells in your body change moment by moment. So nothing's ever, you know, nothing ever stays the same. And I feel like that concept has given me more peace than anything, man, is knowing that, you know what, it's going to, you, you enjoy what's happening now because it's going to be different. Yeah. You know, people are going to, people are going to die. Things are going to change circumstances, the whole thing. Do you know this book? Uh, have you heard of this book, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance? No, that's all. Oh, it's like this famous book from like the 70s. And yeah. my sister-in-law recommended it like years ago, and I read it twice since. But it's it's like a semi-fictional autobiography of this guy, Robert Piercing. Mm. And like it's like not at all a guide to Buddhism or anything, but like <laughs> he explores a lot of philosophical ideas and questions. And like the whole story is like he goes on this – long distance motorcycle ride with his son and they like a lot of it is about him like fixing he's very like good mechanically minded mm -hmm. and he can like fix his motorcycle and he's an old motorcycle so it always breaks down so a lot of it is like okay. the difference between rationality and romanticism or like right. science and art and like how they can coexist and like these aren't I don't know. These aren't new ideas. Like Nietzsche was writing about these things like long before the 1970s, but I don't know. There's just things that I've been reading and interested in lately. Have you ever, uh, are you familiar with Thich Nhat Hanh? No. He's a Vietnamese monk and uh, author, and he wrote a book called Living Buddha, Living Christ. And if you're interested in merging the oh, two worlds, yeah, because, because, you know, you, according to him, you can totally merge the two things because they're totally, they're completely different. They are not mm -hmm. the same. And you are not like when I mention it's funny, we went on a cruise with the family and I mentioned a, a Buddhist uh, parable to my 
mother-in-law. And have you, you ever heard the parable of the blind man and the elephant? I don't know. Say it. Maybe. They they lead six blind men to an elephant and they start feeling different parts of the elephant. And one feels the legs and said, well, this is a tree. One feels the Mm -hmm. tail and said, this is a rope. And, you know, one feels the side of the elephant says, this is a wall. But the point being that, you know, it's a matter of perspective. Like we're all looking at the same thing and we're all touching the same thing. It's just where you're at is how you see it. And I was telling her about that story and that parable. And she just immediately like shut down. I was like, I don't believe in false gods. Like why? Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> does that have to do with anything? Neither do I. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, yeah, you know, <laughs> neither like, do I. Yeah, <laughs> that's but, interesting. But it's yeah. uh, you know, it's it, you should check out that book, man. If you're at all interested in Buddhism, it's pretty cool. I should have brought up this book when we were talking about morality, but the latest book I read is um, it's called the oh, shoot. What is it called? It's but do you know who Mike Shore is? Uh-uh. He's uh, he was a writer and creator of like The Office and Parks and Rec okay. and. Brooklyn nine, nine, he's, you know, so this book like comes from a place like a, you know, a place of comedy, but it's, oh, it's called how to be perfect. The correct answer to every moral question. Right. And so like, obviously that's a little tongue in cheek, but like he like actually tackles like questions of morality in like a funny way. And I think like the summary of the book would be like, like morality can't require more of us than we are able to give, which I think is so interesting. Like, and, and I think he's talking about things like, like my iPhone or this computer that I'm on obviously was built by some kind of slave labor, slave labor or something. Like, should I then throw away these things? And like, really, no, I can't like live my life without these things. And the, you know, the culture that I live in. Uh So it's just like a really interesting take on morality and how we, how we can like categorize these things in our head. Like for instance, I have, I don't know, I was just thinking about this recently. I have a friend and she, I saw recently on Instagram, she went on this long like diatribe of how the NFL is terrible because, (laughs) because there's, you know, there's athletes in the NFL who have, you know, beat their wives and sexual assault cases, things like that. Right. And so she said that we should all, she's like, she's like, I can't speak for you, but I'm going to boycott the NFL. And I think that you should too. And in reality, like boycotting the NFL costs her nothing because she doesn't watch football. Right. But like, I know that she's a huge fan of cinema and she has like Oscar parties and Uh things like that. And like, like reality is probably just as many people in those like actors are doing the same things. Right. Right. I don't know. It's just like an interesting moral question. And if you're, I don't know, if you want something else to read, it's an easy entertaining read. Yeah. I'll check that out. So I got, I got a big one here, man. I got a big one. (laughs) What is consciousness? Yeah, I've been thinking about that question. Um, I think it's like, like they've done like studies on, lots of studies on consciousness. And like my short answer would be like, if the most brilliant neuroscientists in the world can't figure this out, then I'm not going to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, you know, we take opinions on this podcast. But like it's experience, right? It's like my experience. How How else do you like put it into words? I don't know. 
that's like something that like that's another one of those things as a kid that like you think about like who am like who am i like what is this thing that i'm living like i see through these eyes but like other people see me as somebody else it's bizarre right <laughs> you should really it's, look it's, into buddhism adam <laughs> it's crazy <right? laughs> i'm telling you bro you were you were tap explain it to of, me like i'm five you were tap how dancing all around it brother like it's, i know it's, it's just like so interesting i don't know and then like i mean I've, i think you've talked a little bit about like dreams and stuff but like what the fuck happens when we fall asleep and we dream depends on who you ask right you can, like, get, you can get weird like into the into the like into the weeds and, even when uh, i was a kid like i've always said like like isn't it weird that like our bodies shut down like a freaking like robot or a computer for like half of our lives or a third mm -hmm. of our lives or whatever and then like we don't have any idea what happens and we have these thoughts and dreams and usually i don't know about you but like my dreams are crazy when I remember my dreams, they're super vivid and they're super crazy. See, I, I had, and like, and usually it has nothing to do with anything that happens in my everyday life. I take medicine, uh, because of PTSD where I don't have a lot of dreams because, I, uh, because of the nightmares, but I have, do you mean like, like what kind of medicine? I take it's a, like stuff that knocks you out. No, you no, know? no, no, no. It, I take a medicine called Prezosin, which uh, by design is a blood pressure medication. But uh, they have found in very low doses that it lowers the norepinephrine in the brain and prevents you from it. It kind of kicks you out of the fight or flight uh, mentality and therefore allows you to completely shut down and rest. And for whatever reason, I don't know the, you know, the science behind it specifically, but it, it, dude, it was like flipping the damn switch. Like I, you know, I don't dream about anything, but I have found that, uh, I can reintroduce dreaming by taking melatonin and so far it has not backfired. That's like, that doesn't even make sense. Melatonin has always, and I don't know if it's something in mineral pathways or something with the mental illness or whatever it is, but melatonin has well, melatonin is like natural, too. right? But it, whatever, you know, when you introduce more of it, uh, to, for me, when I take a supplement, it has always made me dream and it has always made me dream very vividly. So there's, there was a point in my life, like only a few years ago where like, I have never had a problem falling asleep. Like mm -hmm. I can just fault. My wife is not the same. I can fall asleep like just like that. Right. But I would wake up 30 times throughout the night. Mm -hmm. All right. Or I'd wake up and I couldn't get back to sleep. So like life was miserable, dude. When you I, like are not sleeping well, it affects everything. Oh dude. I'm, you, and I think that there's, I just truly believe that there's more to it. Just like that your body needs rest. I, I think that there's something mental about it. I don't know. But be, like, since then I like, I have to drug myself to sleep and I will do that for the rest of my life because <laughs> I sleep freaking awesome. And like, it truly like makes me a different person. Like when you, yeah, I mean, I, you work as many hours as I do. I'm sure. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I work 60 hours a week, and and I I got one of the the fancy Nancy um, uh, CPAP machines, right? Mm. And that that made a big difference in the quality. Oh, really? But yeah, this, this isn't a CPAP podcast, but I do recommend it. <laughs> you should start one of those. Yeah. Start <laughs> Let's talk about CPAP. Yeah, which which uh, <laughs> nasal cushion do you prefer? 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. When we're talking about dreams, I don't know. I so the, you, some there is there is there's a lot of uh, a lot of thought, you know, in in some of the fringe circles, especially some of the shit that I read, that dreams are a different dimension. That that is just it's yep. just consciousness shifts into a different place because of the physical needs of the meat suit. You know what I mean? And and it, mm-hmm. like I said, if you want to get into the woo-woo weeds, we can, you know, that that is something that I have considered and I don't know that I am totally against personally. So I was listening to your podcast with Eric mm-hmm. and he was talking about uh I'm blanking on what it's called. Night pra- or sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I also have like studied into sleep paralysis because I have experienced it myself. And when Eric was talking about it, I was like, like my mouth was open because it is the exact experience that I had. Uh Everything from like the whooshing in the ears to like the heaviness on the chest to the demonic presence. Uh And like the way that he described it, I would push back personally. It's just like a belief that I have. But like, I understand that like, the the things that are happen happening can be like can be explained by like things that are firing in your brain mm-hmm. and and it's like we you know because everybody has this very very similar experience and can explain it like the exact same way that like people just assume that it's something that's happening in all of our brain the exact same way mm-hmm. whoever has a sleep paralysis but like one thing that he said that like really struck me that Eric said, he said that like he can time when he had those dreams with like when he was losing his faith. And because he was saying, I think what he was saying was that he was having them before and after Mm -hmm. like right around that time. So because of that, he was saying that it had nothing to do spiritually. It was just like neurons that were misfiring or whatever was happening in your brain. Whereas like for me, super maybe coincidentally but like i had these really vivid terrifying sleep paralysis events right around the time when i was also losing my faith as a young adult very specific time in my life and so like you know it could be explained the way that he explained it maybe but also like i truly believe there is another realm maybe spiritual realm or something that is something beyond what we can access like naturally. Right. We're learning more from a quantum perspective and how things behave and where things are. And the, I'm going to, I'm going to send you, I mentioned it with Morgan. I don't know if you listen to the podcast with Morgan, but I, I, uh, I, did. I mentioned yeah. the, the emergence theory for the layperson, and I'm going to send you that video. And it's, uh, it's very scientific. It's very, uh, talks about, you know, layer, basically the dimensions are layered and, and this, uh, creator I follow named Casey, she got me onto this and I have been unable to shake it. <laughs> I'm hoping to get her on the show. I think, I think she's coming on and she's, she's, she's awesome. And, and the way the stuff that she thinks about is, is pretty rad, but that's awesome. I just want to say one other thing quick, cause as we're on this subject, um, as I'm thinking about like a spiritual realm, I think that like that is, well, I know that that's like a big reason why I still believe that there is a God and 
like without going into like like extreme detail just because it's like a super personal experience that i had like i was at a point of this specific event i was at a point in my life where like like desperate to like not kill myself basically Uh like it was i was a young adult i had essentially you know like lost my faith didn't understand like where i was going what i was doing uh and i was i i can say that i saw something with my own eyes in a place where like this thing should not be as i was like essentially like crying out to god uh-huh. and this is something i would where i fully believe I was not hallucinating. I've never hallucinated before or after I was fully sober. So like I make fun of like times that people say they hear from God and like experience these kind of things. But like, I mean, there's, there's things that are inexplainable that have happened in my life that I can Uh like, I, I think you, you know, you know me well enough to know that I'm not like a liar or a, completely crazy so like i'm telling you that like i fully believe that i saw something and it can only be explained that it was put there in my mind it can only be explained that like it was put there by god because i was in a place of extreme desperation i don't know right man i uh i believe that i believe i don't yeah and and I will say that, like, thinking back on that, like, it has made me rethink how I view mystics and, like, especially when you're talking mm-hmm. about, like, and spirituality mm-hmm. and you talk about, like, even in the Bible, like, there's, like, the stories of, you know, people would fast mm-hmm. and and there's stories of that throughout history, like fasting, like maybe that is a situation where because you are depriving your body of food, that the rest of your senses are com- so heightened that like uh-huh. you can almost experience things that you could not experience otherwise. I don't know. There's <laughs> there's so much that we could get into there, but it's just like I, 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 I've talked about like my christian journey and that is such a huge part that i didn't mention i feel like like that 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 needs to be said because like that and you know one of the things that you had asked me before like how did how has like spirituality or christianity or whoever you worded it like how does that like how did that help me like heal from trauma or something i forget Uh how you worded it but there's also like situation experiences that I've had in my life where like, I mean, I'll just go into it a little bit, but like I, we had a fourth child and he died at one day old. And like, I've never, give me a second. I've never been able to talk about it without crying. So like I, I just don't talk about it. Um, but like holding a, a, a child that that dies in your arms, 
there's like there's I mean I truly believe there's no greater pain that 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 man can feel and then it makes me think you know I it makes me think about people who experience this with children that they've actually grown to know and like they, they become a person so like just the anyway just like through that experience that my wife and I had to go through like like the only way that like I could move on with life is a just like seeing my other children knowing that I had to like somehow be responsible for for continuing to allow them to live a safe and healthy life but also like feeling like almost literally feeling like the embrace of a god of like comfort and love i mean sorry i <laughs> i cry about once a year so when it comes it like it right. really comes <laughs> you uh but like these experiences are like cannot be explained any other way and i just like refuse like you know people can debate anything that i say and like i just i can tell you that like these experiences are so real to me they i refuse to believe there's any other way to explain them than that like i have it leads me to believe that i have to believe that there's a god I, first of all, I am incredibly sorry that that happened to you. And it was like, just, just so you know, it was seven or eight years ago now. Right. And like the pain of that, like, I, like I, I've never healed from it. And like, no, I don't think I ever will. But no, like, you, you won't, man. My mom, uh, I've never talked about this. My mother lost a child before me that made it to like 21 days old and uh she's never recovered you know she's yeah in her 60s i um you know i, I don't you're not wrong like i i don't think that's the thing like i i know that i'm not wrong i'm right, right. but i also understand that like Well, this is, yeah, I don't know. This is another direction to take this, but like, I, oh God, I don't want to say the phrase living my truth because I hate that phrase so much. <laughs> I hate it. And like that goes into, you asked Morgan, I think it was, you asked him the question, like is truth objective or something, is something right. like that, right? And like that phrase just kills me. But like in this experience, like, I mean, right now what i know is that like i don't know shit, right like i know that i've had these experiences that leave that lead me to believe that there is a god mm -hmm. but i also know that you didn't have my experiences 
and the other person didn't have my experience. So like, how can I then tell you that like there is in fact for sure, definitely a God? I, I think you're, that's not the point, man. I think the point is that those experiences are God. Those experiences are, are, uh, not this non-dualist shit again. No, I know it is, man. Because <laughs> you look out every like you are not that experience is not exclusive to you. There are people in other parts of the world that believe totally different things that have experienced these same exact phenomenon. There has to be. Yeah. And and are those people wrong? And you're right. I just that that was my beef for lack of a better term with the whole thing. Yeah, and while I despise the phrase live your truth or I'm living my truth or whatever, like one thing that is I think is super damaging is that people who are complete absolutists. Yeah. Saying that this way is the only way I'm right 100%, you're wrong 100%, it's completely black and white. Um, I, one thing that I think I found that is like super healthy, like in my spiritual journey is that just being okay saying, I don't know, like, I have no idea. And there's so much that I know. I don't know so much more than I know. Dude, you and are that'll probably, probably, that'll probably always be the case. You are describing Buddhism. <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> you, you got to read on it. You got to read on it, bro. Yeah. It, I, have I, you ever I, heard of, uh, the Tao of Pooh? Yeah. Uh, not the Tao of Pooh. No. Okay, so it's the Tao of Pooh as in Winnie the Pooh. I, okay, that's what I was wondering. And that it, was my next yeah, question. And it's, and it's like, it basically like, it's like a super beginner's guide to like Taoism, but it like right. talks about like how Pooh was like actually a Taoist, his life of simplicity. And I don't know, it's really, it's really right. funny, but it yeah. reminds me of that. <laughs> and there's also a follow-up book called The Chi of Piglet, if you're interested. Oh, yeah, I am. I am very interested. <laughs> Dude, Pooh Poo is like a modern day philosopher. He ruled, man. Dude, so let me let me throw this at you. And Dave, the other the other host of this show, and I have been friends for a long time, and we talk about this. And I think he and I are on the same page. And let me just throw this at you and see what you think. This was not on the list, by the way. Uh, there are schools of thought and and you know beliefs that all these so Christ, Krishna, uh Buddha, Muhammad, like all these people are a slice of the same pie, the same, they, the, the consciousness that exists and the message that these people brought are the same thing. And this is kind of what I gravitate towards as far as a belief system, I guess, because it makes sense to me in that it's the same message packaged different ways so that people of different cultures can get the same you know what i mean it's the yeah the point is the same the point is the point and uh, all the the dogma and stuff we complicate things that's just what we do we overcomplicate shit because we don't know so we fill in the gaps of oh shit i'm scared i don't know with dogma and interpretations mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. thoughts and educated guesses and but the reality of the situation is that it's all the same and none of us know 
regardless of where you're at or what you're doing or what part of the world you live in, nobody knows. So we're just all kind of floating and trying the best. And I think Mm -hmm. that that itself is what leads me to believe that we are here to learn these things, to have these experiences that we're having to, I don't know, improve or whatever, however you want to phrase it. We're here to learn. We're here to experience. And that is the point of life, in my opinion. So and, uh, rewind that and the thought that it's all kind of the same, that these were the mm-hmm. same people or a version of the same person. What do you think about that? I, I've heard this before and. There may be a name like, for it. I don't know, but yeah. It, it, I mean, makes sense. Like I, right. I, like I told you, like, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. Right. And like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I always think like, I mean, life is this way for a reason, but like if you could ask God or shake a magic eight ball or whatever, and know for a certain fact that like what you ask the answer, like is the truth, you know, where, where do I go when I die? Is there an afterlife? You know, just these, like these, these existential questions that like, we can't possibly ever know the truth. We're never going to know until it happens. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I think about like, what would it be like if you could, but like, that's not, I don't even like know how to put this into words, but like these things are mysteries for a reason. Just like I've always said that like God, the God that I believe in is mysterious for a reason, Mm -hmm. because if I could understand that, like it, the being like, then he wouldn't be God and I wouldn't be me, you know? Right. Like these things are like not understandable by our puny little brains for a reason. (laughs) And like I, we're having these conversations and I love it because like, like I said, like I grew up not knowing that I could even have these conversations. Right. But I don't know. So good on you for asking these questions and, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, guiding these conversations. What, uh, this is the last one and you already kind of touched on it, but what happens after we die? Is it, is it streets of gold and angels and, Cause I'm going to be honest with you. That just sounds kind of boring, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, that's one of the things that I'm like being at peace. That's another part of it. Just like allowing myself to be at peace, not knowing these things has been so super like healthy for me. Uh-huh. And that's one of the things that I just can't say like, and that's is super anti Christianity because like, you know, the great commission in the Bible, Jesus stood on a mountain in Galilee and said, go and preach the gospel and baptize all nations. And that was the purpose of life so that you could save them from eternal damnation. Right. Mm-hmm. One thing I to tell you for sure is that I refuse to believe that there is a hell that the God that I told you that I've experienced right. would allow me to burn in a lake of fire just because I, I, my life experience doesn't, allow me to believe in him or whatever. Like I just refuse to believe that. So Same. is there then a heaven? I don't know. Like 
I, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know like, either, Adam. It's okay. <laughs> I would, I'd love to like believe that I'll meet my son in heaven, but like, who knows? Like, I'd, and and heaven might not be what I've been told that it is either. You right. just, it might it might be some sort of reincarnation where we all meet as dandelions in a field or who knows. Dude, I've and, maybe, and maybe that is exactly what we want at that time. I don't know. I mentioned this book to Morgan called Journey of Souls by uh, uh, Michael Newton. And man, I recommend you reading it. And it's total new age, like fluff. You got to send a list of all this yeah, I'm stuff going you to. recommend. I'll go into it. Like, but that book is so much fun. And like I said, if nothing else, it is fantastic fiction. Have you ever seen the Disney movie Soul? Yeah. That is, I really feel like that. Talking that, about like other talk about other dimensions and stuff. Yeah, right? but there but that that is the premise of that book, you know, he through yeah. hypnosis, yada yada yada. But he, you know, you get there and that is like home base, like that's where you're at, like it is. And 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 that follows basically every other tradition or most traditions, especially the Abrahamic traditions, like you have a true nature and this isn't it. You have a home and this isn't home. When you die, you go home, right? That's been, mm-hmm. you know, dumbing it down, but still it it it's fun. I, I had a lot of blasts with those. I had a blast with those books. Now the later on, he wrote three or four more, and they get like turned into like a technical manual, and there's you know crystals involved, and it gets weird. But the first the first two were were a lot of fun. So one thing that like I can say is that I have all this like baggage that like provides this mental block that doesn't even like truly allow me to like sometimes fully like think these thoughts and ponder these ideas. But like, I will say that one thing that I've taken with me that like is a constant throughout Christianity and the Bible is forgiveness, like forgiving myself, first of all, and just like those in my past who like I felt have wronged me in my spiritual journey because realistically like regardless of intention like they probably thought that they were doing what was best right and so like just allowing myself to let all of that go has been like super healthy for me and like i don't know it's just like i'm not like super angry at like the church and Christians as a lot of my friends are who like lived similar experiences. That kind of led me to this series was noticing that man, like seeing the pain. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people hurting and there's a lot of people pissed off and, uh, it's cool that you're, I don't know, that you figured out a way through that. So I think it's pretty natural when you're, but yeah. I, I personally, like I, I think you need to keep going the way you're going, man. I think you're, I think if, if you continue to allow yourself, and that was one thing that I started doing when I got treatment is I started to allow myself to really get into these questions and it's it's opened a lot of shit up for me. So yeah. I recommend you continue going down that path. 
Well, man, I am out of questions. I got nothing okay. else. I, uh, I mean, I got a lot. Else. I got a lot more, but yeah. I think we've been going like an hour and a half. Yeah. I think that's like pretty solid. One hour People and are probably sick of two seconds. hearing me now. <laughs> so at this time in the whole situation or the episode or whatever, man, this is I give you an opportunity to plug anything that you do or anything you'd like to plug. Hmm. Plug. Um, I released an album last year. Was that last? Yeah. It's been a year almost. Uh, it's called the pig merchants. That is the name of my band. It's just me and my one friend and your only friend. Yeah. My only friend. Um, <laughs> who's a Buddhist by the way. So you would like him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we had played a lot of music like 10 years ago. We did a lot of, you know, we played out live a lot of different places and we hadn't done anything for 10 years and we got together, had a conversation. We're like, let's make an album. So he wrote half the songs. I wrote half the songs. I recorded everything. Uh, we played all of the instruments. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's on Spotify and everywhere you get music. I'm a, I'm a fan um, of it personally. I listened to it the other day. Thank you. Yeah. It's called Six Feet Up. That's the newest one. The last one is from like 12 years ago. So that's right. on there too. Yeah. Um, what else? So I produce and record a podcast called The Behaviorist. Mm -hmm. It's it's very niche. It's like about workplace behaviors and helping leaders lead effectively. And if you want to like support me, just go and like follow it. You don't even have to listen <laughs> or give it a five star review or something. All right. I will do. I'll be damned yeah. if I listen. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to listen. Well, or Adam, listen, I don't care. Yeah. Adam, man, thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. It's, uh, it's been, whew, I need a beer. A little journey. So do I. I was thinking about yeah. drinking while I was on this, but then I was like, I'll get tired. So now I'm going to go drink. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, man. Like I, like I said, like I've been on a lot of other people's podcasts and usually we're talking shit and talking about dicks and farts and whatnot. Yeah, that's and usually how this wasn't that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly like appreciate that you're facilitating these conversations. It's like, I don't know, maybe other people are having these conversations all the time. But like I said, I, I had like 20 years of like baggage that provides mental blocks that I'm just now like allowing myself to like, ponder some of these questions well dude i'm gonna i'm gonna say this maybe i should say it off here i don't know but uh you have my phone number and this is literally all i fucking think <laughs> like i ride around in a garbage truck yeah. all day thinking about this shit and listening to audiobooks and podcasts and youtube videos and i talk to my big hippie homesteader buddy that you know hosts the show <laughs> this is the shit that we talk about on the way to work in the morning so you are nice. not you are not alone and you may call me at any time and we can we can philosophize. Yeah, I may do that. Yeah. Thank you. But all right, guys. So thank you so much for listening. Uh this has been another incredible conversation. I've got more coming. It's uh this this whole thing has been super eye-opening. It's amazing. But yeah, check us out. Sharing Maps Podcast. We are streaming everywhere that things stream. We are on YouTube. All this stuff will be up on YouTube. Um, give us a sub, give us a follow, and I hope you enjoyed as much as I have. But yeah, we'll see you soon. Peace.